there's been so many reports that there has just been so much involvement and behind the back stabbing fifth grade girl element to the front office right now, which makes it hard for me to believe that they're going to go hire a guy with a backbone. That's going to be able to say, this is my football team. You need to let me run my football team inside the locker room. I understand there's a salary cap component to it. And I understand that the owner should have say because he owns the football team. But when the doors close in the locker room, this guy needs control and he needs control of the staff. And that's my fear is that they went and got a guy that they think they control again. Welcome back to another episode of the Water Boys Podcast, officially a member of the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. I am Coach Gary. That is Kyle Pagan. Go to www.statesidevodka.com. Enter promo code WATER to get 10% off your order. Um, award-winning packaging, taste, hydrate you while you drink it. We're not going to do a huge stateside ad, and we love you stateside, but there's a lot to unpack this week. There's a lot to unpack, but go to statesidevodka.com. Enter promo code WATER, W-O-O-D-E-R. At checkout, 10% off, only can ship it to Pennsylvania, but you can get it in New Jersey if you go to a uh, liquor store. Kyle, Nick Sirianni is the new Ooh. head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. You got it. Yeah. You're pre-podcast, practicing it. Pre-podcast, I, I was struggling. But I'm a <laughs> professional. Once I get on this hot mic, I know what to do. There's going to be a lot of dads that are not going to even know how to do this for the next two years. A lot of Nick Sirianni is going to be out there. A lot mm-hmm. of Nick Sirianni is going to be out there. So I think there was an inkling. A lot of people, John Clark said something this morning. Uh, tease, tease, that uh, he thought that this was going to get done sometime this week. And I was of the mindset today that Josh McDaniels was going to be introduced as the Eagles head coach. When I heard it was Nick Sirianni, and it seemed as though it was, it was gaining a little bit of steam, my initial reaction wasn't happiness, and it definitely wasn't like this sucks. It's more or less like it, it's very hard for me to be excited about anything around the Eagles right now because what the Eagles are, um, there's been so many reports that there has just been so much involvement and, uh, you know, behind the back stabbing fifth grade girl element to the front office right now, which makes it hard for me to believe that they're going to go hire a guy with a backbone that's going to be able to say, this is my football team. You need to let me run my football team inside the locker room. I understand there's a salary cap component to it. And I understand that the owner should have say because he owns the football team. But when the doors close in the locker room, this guy needs control and he needs control of his staff. And that's my fear is that they went and got a guy that they think they control again. I don't want to put that on Nick Sirianni. I don't want to put the, this. This is not an indictment in any way on Nick Sirianni. For all, for all I know, this guy's going to come in and be the next Vince Lombardi. I don't know that. <laughs> he could show up and be the next Hugh Jackson. We're all stuck and we're doing this again in three years, which I think is going to be closer to the truth because if management doesn't trade their style, you're not going to get back to that point where you're building a culture like Andy Reid was doing. I know I don't want to be pessimistic about it, and I don't want to talk myself into a corner where I start hating the guy because he, he hasn't even spoken yet. I haven't heard him speak a word except on a mic'd up thing on Twitter, but when, from uh, training camp with the Colts, um, there's outrage because Deuce didn't get it done. Listen, guys, obviously the Eagles don't believe in Deuce as a head coach, and we just need to get over it. It's not happening here. We know it's not happening in here, and if Deuce knows what's good for him, he goes and finds a job elsewhere. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I hope for Deuce. But I, I've, I don't think you've even spoken yet, Kyle, because I'm, I'm frustrated, but I'm not upset. So I want to make sure I turn it over to you and kind of get your takeaways of what we're looking at. Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it was a great lead-in. The thing is, though, like, 
I've been trying to rack my brain just so we're not like agreeing with each other. We don't really like to agree with each other. We don't agree with each other a lot, no. but I can't really get over that. This is a guy with not much experience as a leader of an NFL locker room. And you hate to call the guy a puppet because that's been getting thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you don't think he's a puppet, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's nothing that points to him not being someone they can control. And Doug was a guy that they could control, but he was just tired of it. Yeah. And that's it was good on Doug. What Doug did, Doug asked for control of the team, not control of personnel. He asked for control of the team and his staff. And they didn't want to give it to him. Yeah. So I think Doug actually – Doug did himself a favor. He didn't necessarily do us a favor. And this just goes back to where you look at the culture of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, we were, we're all celebrating on Twitter today, that NFC title game. That was three years ago. Look at where we are today. Like, it, Can, this is bittersweet. This is kind of a side tangent. Can we just stop doing today in the life of bits of on 2017. Twitter? Yeah. Just in, in general, today – like. It's, it's tough because it was – I mean, it's a memory. Like, listen – well, I know what everybody's doing. Everybody's doing it to, for the for the content, for the engagement, for, oh, yeah. for all that stuff. Like, can, can we just like be creative and just stop doing today in the life of? You know, I mean, I I'm not gonna say don't do it because I I do like watching the videos. But hey, let's let's not harp on it's it. What huh? YouTube's for? Yeah, it's what YouTube. Go ahead. For. I'm I mean, sorry. Trust me. Tell me if I have ten minutes left. I have six minutes left on a run on a treadmill. I go to the NFC title intro and I'm pumping out like seven point miles an hour. I don't know. Gets me going every time. Um, but they're actually, so when we talk about this, it's like, Hey, he's a puppet. He's a puppet. There are some factors here that there's, there's glimmers of hope inside the organization. And you want to hope that Sirianni could be one of them. And I think there's a glimmer of hope. And we talked about this and we kind of push it off to the side. John Dorsey is oddly a good glimmer of hope inside this organization. We're going to go over his draft record and some of the moves that he's made, but this is where I want to kind of bring him back into the fold. Obviously, the Eagles wanted us to know he was working for them because it gets leaked in the middle of the season, right when people were really starting to call for Howie Roseman's head, right? Mm -hmm. We know when we go through this, Dorsey doesn't have a very good track record with the cap. Howie Roseman does. I know we're in in cap hell right now, but I truly believe they already know how they're going to get out of that. And it might just be we're going to be bargain bin shopping this year. Yeah, I mean, there's there's very well that Jeffrey Lurie listened to us and goes, hey, listen. Howie, been great with the cap. We need a Joe Douglas type again. And this is what we see with John Dorsey. And we'll go over it right, right. now. Patrick well, Mahomes. Hold on a second. Before we get to that, I just want to say, McDaniel's interviews, and, 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 the, and, the, and the news cycle is that everyone's blown away within the Eagles organization about what Josh McDaniels brings to it. But then, like, two days later, it comes out that Jeffrey Lurie still wasn't sold, but Howie was. And Howie was like, no, we can figure out how to make this work together. And now enter Nick Sirianni. Sirianni goes and does another long interview. I think he really impresses uh, Jeffrey Lurie. I think how he's medially impressed, but he was leading towards Josh McDaniels. But if you go back, there's not, they didn't work in Kansas City at the same time, but there's a relationship there somewhere, and I'm still trying to piece together how this all works. It seems as though Dorsey was pushing for Sirianni. So I think John Dorsey's a little bit more involved than we're giving him credit for. And, and this is exactly why you should be excited for John Dorsey to be in the Eagles organization. Kyle, take it away. Read his resume in, in picking personnel. So we'll go back to Kansas City. Um, obviously, it didn't end as good as it started there. but he and, took Patrick- and it ended a lot with that, with that salary cap issues that we alluded to. He, he, <laughs> he put them in cap hell. But fuck, did he, did he draft? Patrick yeah. Mahomes, say what you want about him now. He was a third 
quarterback drafted. Mm-hmm. Got Tyreek Hill in the fifth, got Travis Kelsey in the third. Those were all probably the biggest key parts besides Frank Clark to that Super Bowl team. Right. Um, went over, obviously, to uh, Cleveland. Didn't have a good uh, stint there. I think Hugh Jackson won one game in two years. Obviously, got fired with Hugh Jackson. But there, he drafted Baker. He drafted Nick Chubb and drafted Denzel Ward. He brought in Jarvis Landry, brought in OBJ, brought in Wyatt Teller that some people were writing about giving him the MVP early in the season because he was such a good offensive lineman, offensive guard, excuse me, brought in Kareem Hunt, brought in Olivia Vernon, and brought in Sheldon Richardson. All guys that have con- contributed. I don't know mm-hmm. if Sheldon Richardson's still there, but all guys that have contributed to I don't think Sheldon playoff. Richardson's still there. I think Sheldon Richardson has since moved on. But it's a track uh, record. Yes, but so and one thing that John Dorsey is going to do is he's going to take chances on players that have a little bit of a checkered pass. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham, um, who's Kareem the Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Like, so you have to be okay with that, and that's where it comes to is your morality match your football fandom. So I guess I would be like, hey, I need to see this on a case by case basis. But at the same time, we did give Michael Vick his second shot. I I know the argument will always be Michael Vick served his debt to society. So. I know there's there's a little bit of there's there's a lot to unpack there in, in the first place, but um, if you if you just look at the ability to draft, that's what you need to take away from it. Now, one of the main reasons I think he got fired multiple times is because he didn't bring in good coaches. Hugh Jackson, not a good coach. He did help bring in Andy Reid, though, good coach. But eventually, Andy Reid's going to outsay anybody in an organization, right? Like he just has more sway. So that's probably. It just it ended unceremoniously. I know there was that the story with Macklin and cutting him via voicemail and the management style. But this is where the shimmer of hope lies. If and Jeff Garrett, this Lurie, is all we have. All we have right. is hope. Yeah. It's all we so, can rest our laurels on. Right. And this is I don't want you guys saying I'm not up here saying John Dorsey's the greatest GM of all time. I'm saying there is a silver lining to what's going on with the Eagles right now. And I think you're seeing it where Lori is slowly not listening to Howie as much as he was. Because I think Howie's one of the main reasons we kind of fell into this. I think Howie's – I'll use Mike from KOP's analogy. I mean, he is a little Weasley. He's Weasley, and I think he knows how to get power. He lost it once. Why would he want to lose it again? Mm-hmm. So I, I think if you can couple the good things of Dorsey being able to draft and Howie historically being good at managing the cap, I think you, you might be able to find some continuity. And let's all be fair. If Sirianni can come in and he has the control to pick his staff, and they're going to let him control the roster in terms of the game day roster, have influence on who's going to dress, who's not going to dress, and who they're going to keep on cut day, you might be getting back to a culture of which football can be won. But right now, they need they, – they need to – I think – I'm hoping this is what happened. They took a step back and really started considering what the last three years were. And it was a mess. And I, I, I just hope that's the path we're going on. So my jury is very much out – on Nick Sirianni. I, I I haven't even heard him talk yet, so I can't reserve judgment on him. But it's also kind of hilarious that they just go they just go hire Doug Peterson's protege, protege. Like it's very funny yeah. that they did that. But and then Doug might be going over to he's an oh, external if, candidate potentially for the coach job. Um, <laughs> can I bring up a scenario that sure, maybe yeah. works here? Okay. Does this not kind of have a uh, Zach Lafour feeling for Green Bay where it could. Aaron Rodgers hated the head coach. Aaron Rodgers wasn't too happy with the organization. Not that he was, you know, happy this this uh, this offseason as well when they draft his replacement in Jordan Love, but it wasn't a good situation between the coach and the uh, the, the the star quarterback. Not saying Carson was a star, but 
I think the I think you kind of as an Eagles fan just have to have like a checklist of what you hope for. If you really do think that Howie is just using this guy as a puppet, if Jeff Lurie is still using this guy as a puppet, just have a checklist of like, okay, 2021 is probably a wash. Yeah. 2022 is when we're going to go for it. So if Sirianni can bring Carson Wentz back to back to life, really, oh, I will be happy like, if he if he doesn't if he's not here in three years. And we haven't touched on our guest. Our guest is Zach Berman, and Zach Berman said, if you can bring Carson Wentz back to being not even a top. 10 quarterback, a top 15 quarterback, top 16 quarterback to be in the upper half of the league, that's a success. So is, is that setting the bar high? No. Thank you, Colleen Wolf. You taught us how to set the bar low. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're all sitting here. We're learning from our guests. We really are. I, listen, <laughs> I, I, so Kyle and I talk a lot, and I know Kyle wants to go with this bit, and I actually texted him before. I was like, listen, you can't do the bit. You're just going to make me angry. <laughs> and it's going to be tentative. So you can now resume your bit that you just want positivity and love, and we're going to be happy about it. I'm just feeling optimistic about it just because I, I refuse to it's, – it's really kind of the only thing the city has. We ride and die mm-hmm. with the Eagles. So it's just – Mondays are just so much more fun when the Eagles win than they, when, they, when they lose, obviously, especially in the wintertime when it's dull and gray. Yes. So I'm just going to be optimistic about it. And you know why? It's because I was so wrong on Doug. I think 75 90% of the fan base was wrong on Doug. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a totally different situation in the front office. But you know what? I'm going to ride out Nick Sirianni until he's not here anymore. And he loves DMX, and I'm a rough rider, so. Oh, yo, the DMX thing was the one thing that swung me back. That was a big UMass Boston uh, locker room yeah. uh, artist. It's so, going to be a great locker room, and no, and no guilty pleasures. Right. So, you know what? And, this, and me and Kyle have talked about this before, and Kyle has said this. I think we said it off air with Max that you said I was maybe the most optimistic Eagles fan that you've ever met. And – I know it doesn't sound like that right now, but I know for a fact once training camp swings around, I'll have the team going 16-0. and I can't help myself. I'm a big, dumb fan. So it, it, I'll get there. Um, I just have to be able to talk myself into it again. And I think um, some of the stuff that's come out, and I, I hate that I'm, I'm going to go back to this name, John Dorsey is kind of making me feel a little bit better. Yeah. About the, 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 about the people that are in the NovaCare complex right now. So, and I, I really do look forward to listening to Sirianni talk. I just want to hear him talk. I want to hear what he wants to say. I want to hear how he, he handles Jeff McClain because McClain already put his first hit on him. So I'm ready to see how he's going to handle this. Dogs are already unleashed. Hey, Unle- um, yeah, dude. Garrett, we're being no. too optimistic. You got to say something pessimistic for, for the other side of the fan base. Um, Sirianni is a puppet, a muppet, and he's probably going to go 0 16. We have more optimistic things to talk about. Um, <laughs> We ourselves have news, and uh, it came out Wednesday. We joined the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. It was uh, – I don't want to sound self-involved. A humbling day a little bit because <laughs> you, had, you had people come out – or not a humbling day. I guess it was a, a it was rewarding humbling. day. It was humbling, but also rewarding because you had people and people who work in sports media reach out and say congratulations through DM or, or, or directly on Twitter or Instagram – Say congratulations, we listened. So, you know, it, it's nice to have that little bit of backing, knowing that people who are in the business are listening and saying, hey, you guys, you guys have something here. And, of course, we always have to say thank you to John Barcher. John Barcher um, is a true good guy, and without him, we're not even talking about this. So we, we want to thank John. And, of course, Crossing Broad, Kyle Scott, Bob Wankel, Rush Joy, and Kevin Kike. We want to thank all of them um, because, you know, they fought for us to get on the podcast network as well. Um, so it, it's, it, I don't, I don't want to sound self-involved, but it's really cool. I think I posted it for the first time on Instagram in like <laughs> years. And I said, Hey, I just wanted to share. This is just me chasing my dream and getting a little closer now back to work. That's exactly how I feel. Let's just get back to work now. 
No, I agree 100%. And just to get a little more cheesier, um, John Barcher DM'd me at one in the morning one time mm-hmm. and wanted to help out. And I was editing the pod at the time. This was back in probably like uh, June, August. And that night, me, Gary, and PJ said, I think we're done with this. We were, we were going to throw in the towel. I think we were saying we were going to give it to, we we're going to give it a month. We we're going to give it a month. And if we weren't there, we were going to quit. So we were really on the end of quitting. So if you're out there right now and you're listening to this and you're chasing something, it doesn't have to be in podcast, sports media. It's so fucking cheesy, but just keep going. Cause you yeah. don't know what's going to happen in, we've been doing this for 13 months. So, all right, enough cheese ball shit. Yeah, there's cheese ball shit. And again, one last time, thank you very much, Crossing yes. Broad. We promise we're going to work very, very hard, and you're going to see a value and the reason why you added us to our podcast network. So the arrow is still pointing directly up, and we're going to take this to the top. Let's just go ahead and kick it right over to Zach Berman. Second time guest. We make him feel a little uncomfortable. It, we, let, me process, let, me, let me preface this for you. We did record the interview on Tuesday, so there is no Nick Sirianni talk on there. We talked a lot about uh, a retrospective of 2020 and the Eagles, some of the Carson Wentz stuff, some of the Doug Peterson stuff, and some of the stuff you're going to do with personnel going forward. So there's a lot of cool, interesting stuff in here. So don't to listen to it. And then, of course, at the end, after the interview, our playoff picks are updated odds and uh, our updated standings for the playoffs. And uh, we'll be back with those, and hopefully we'll crown a champion at the Super Bowl. So with no more delay, let's go ahead and kick it right over to Zach Berman. All right, we welcome back on Zach Berman of The Athletic. And Zach, before we get into the Eagles coaching search, which seems to be um, a mess, I have to ask you a question um, about this season, not, not even football related. I have been known to have a few drinks during an Eagles game and just mm-hmm. tweet at you that I love you. Do I make you uncomfortable? Uh, well, I, I suppose it, it's better than the alternative, right? Uh, yeah, I guess but, so. But no, uh, I, I don't always see them. I've seen them from time to time. I appreciate the fact that you follow, that you read. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's better than you saying you hate me, I guess. Okay. Well, it's only happened twice, and you only missed the one, and you apologized for okay. it, so I do love it. Yeah. Um, but I just want to make sure it's, it's coming from a place of genu- genuine like enjoyment of your content. So. Well, I appreciate that. Make Thank sure you. we make sure we put that out there. Also, how's the book sales doing? Because every time you come up on the <laughs> every time you come up on the podcast, I say buy the book, Underdogs. Uh it's you know I I haven't honestly checked the sales recently. Okay, but you plug the book, plug the book for the people. Actually, plug the book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles emotional <laughs> road to Bowl victory. It's actually it yep. should be right above my head, right there. Yeah. Oh, I see it. So. Uh, and if you want to remember what a Super Bowl team was like, yeah. you can check that out. It's never a better time than to now. Valentine's Day is coming up. Get it for that, uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that loved one in your life so that, you know, the Eagles fans, like you said, understand what it's like to have a winning organization. I would say it's Honestly, I, I, it's, I had to, you know, like, like do some promotions for it back when it came out in 2018, and, and we would tailor it around christmas or like black friday never valentine's day i never had anyone say i got this as a valentine's day gift but by all means if you want to get it for your spouse please do and i and i will sign it if, if, if you live anywhere oh, okay. remotely close yep. i will sign it or if you live outside the area uh, i you know I, I had someone actually email me about this the other day i will send you like a scanned copy of the title page and i'll sign it for you i mean I have a question. I, I have three questions now. One, Kyle has like, <laughs> Kyle has, Kyle's talking to some girl, so we're going to get her underdogs for Valentine's Day. We're going to make that happen. All right. Now, my wife, if I, 
you know what? We're going to leave her out of it. We're married. She doesn't need any presents from me. So I want to get myself a Valentine's <laughs> I wish pregnant. my wife had that policy. <laughs> um, she's, you know what? I'll get my, my wife's pregnant. So I'm, I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with a lunatic right for now. You. Yeah. Um, but my question is, if I buy one, let's say it's for my wife. Will you just write to Gary? Love you too. Uh, <laughs> I would, yeah, 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 why not? Let's right. go, let's go. All right, let's get this. <laughs> All right, we've had enough fun messing with <laughs> All right, so let's get into the Eagles coaching search, and it seems like they're casting a wide net, and anyone who's ever been associated with the NFL is going to get an interview. What's your general takeaway of what the coaching search has looked like so far? It's actually fit what I expected so far. I I, I thought there would be – Maybe more of a college presence, although I'll, I'll say this. Those are usually the interviews that go unreported. Uh, oftentimes, a college coach doesn't want his name associated with it unless he's trying to get a raise himself at his current job, right? But, but like otherwise, if you're known to be flirting somewhere else, it's going to hurt your, your, your recruits. It's going to hurt you know, the team you have in, in place. So you often don't hear those interviews. Uh, but as, as far as, as, as the other ones, it's about what I expected. They've, they've, had, they've shown more interest in um, second-chance coaches, right, than I might have anticipated. But, you know, they've, they've hit all the usual suspects that, that you would expect. There have been a few uh, surprises in there. But it's about what I expected, and, and, and frankly speaking, we're speaking here on a, on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. If it's not wrapped up by Thursday, then it makes you think that either there's someone who's still coaching right now or they've reset their search uh, for one reason or another. Is that someone Lincoln Riley? Now, I know I, I saw you retweet something. I retweets our endorsements um, that – College coaches are scared uh, about you, okay. <laughs> are scared about the name, image, and likeness rule coming into play and the transfer rules. So they might be heading to the NFL. Do you do you believe that that you know they looked at Ryan Day? Obviously, Lincoln Riley's been mm-hmm. uh, been rumored as well. Could you see potentially those two? Well, I could see the Eagles have significant interest in both of them, right? But I I don't know if if they would have reciprocating interest. Uh, I. It, it, all right, so take someone like Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. The Eagles would love to have Lincoln Riley, I, I imagine. A lot of teams will. Um, I don't cover college football, but I watch it pretty closely. Oklahoma is going to be a top five team next year. Uh, they have a legit chance to win the national title. Lincoln Riley has he has his quarterback back, uh, Spencer Rattler. He, ha- he has a good group of players. And He's this is not going to be his, his last chance for the NFL, and there might be jobs that are more attractive. The Cowboys' job might come open next year, right? So, and and also when you talk about someone like Lincoln Riley, that then uh, you're you're not going to win him with the contract. He he's already very well paid down at Oklahoma. So it's it's the type of thing where he's only going to jump. I imagine if he wanted to take that next step now. And I, I don't know Lincoln Riley at all, so I, I can't tell you whether that's the case. But that's why I'm somewhat skeptical. And then you can apply that same logic to, uh, to Ryan Day. He's obviously losing his quarterback, but similar situation. Loaded roster. Um, he'll have chances in the future. That Now, the difference with Ryan Day is there's a little more familiarity with him. He's coached in the building back in 2015. He was the quarterback's coach, so they've seen him firsthand. But I, I would imagine the Eagles would love to get Lincoln Riley. I just don't see it happening at this point. Were you surprised 
that Doug Peterson got fired at, especially after they kind of trotted him out for that Monday day after the last game press conference? Yes, uh, in the context of that Monday press conference. When he was out there that, that Monday, I, I figured that was virtual confirmation that he was coming back. That being said, I was more surprised at the initial reports before week 17 that he was definitely coming back. And the reason I say that is because precisely what happened. He had not met with Jeffrey Lurie yet. Uh, I, I knew there were some things that, that needed to be determined, that needed to be figured out. And, and, and so when those reports first surfaced and you started hearing that, I, I wondered if it was something that they had uh, uh, discussed in earnest before the season finale. Clearly, that was not the case. So they had that Tuesday meeting. And then it took them, obviously, a, a week for the decision to, to finally come. But I would say more of a surprise was the initial report that he was coming back than, than, the, uh, than the firing. Although when he came back, or when he had that Monday press conference, I did interpret that as him coming back. I, I would agree 100% with you. Once they, once they trotted him out there, did the, um, did the Week 17 option to tank or request for tank, did that, does, does anyone know if that really came from Howie and Jeffrey Lurie? Yeah, I, I don't know that definitively, but I can't imagine that Doug was, was acting unilaterally there uh, or autonomously, whatever word you want to use. I, I would imagine that's something that came up in conversation with Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie or with Howie Roseman and then to Jeffrey Lurie. It's been a theme this year um, when, uh, you know, personnel decisions have come up that it doesn't sound like the head coach has a lot of autonomy over who's going to play, who's going to dress. Do you see that? Is that going to start pushing away candidates? And do you think that's going to have to be a culture change to attract a good candidate and return to winning here? It's a good question. I don't think that's, that's the reason why they weren't winning, right? Like uh, the, right. The, the dress roster I, 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 I don't see that. Now you can potentially talk about over-involvement or we can have that conversation about Howie, but I, I don't think it's, it's the, uh, the, the scope of Howie's responsibility. Now, I would imagine that with certain candidates that will definitely come up, who has controlled 53, who has controlled the game day roster. Um, those are common conversations in coaching searches. That was a, uh, a relevant conversation point when it, when they were hiring Chip Kelly, right? The control of the 53. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I think that it's, it's a, uh, it's definitely something that is worth discussing whether they outside of Josh McDaniels, I don't know if they're talking to someone who might have the type of, you know, gravitas, if you, or I, I wouldn't use gravitas uh, that, that, that would that would have the ability to kind of put their foot down on that kind of issue. It's like the expression, you're only as loyal as your options, right? So right. At, the, at this point, they're not talking to people who are interviewing for four or five other jobs. You know, if, 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 if they wanted Arthur Smith and Arthur Smith was, was getting interest from the Falcons, getting interest from the Lions, um, then maybe that's something you can use as, as an inducement. But at this point, unless it's, it's like a hard line issue, for someone coming, or if it's a college coach, uh, then I can't foresee that being what keeps them from hiring a coach. Now we're talking right now on a Tuesday. Do you, it, when this comes out on Friday, do you think we'll have a head coach by then? It's a good question. I do, although I'm a little less comfortable or a little less confident saying that right now 
this evening than I, I would have this morning, right? Uh, so there had been a lot of buzz um, Sunday and the Monday about Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they did that interview on Sunday and then the Eagles went on to – they spoke to Nick Sirianni today yeah. from the Colts. They're the reports. They spoke to Kellen Moore. Um, so the fact that this search continues and they're talking to some of these people for the first time, um, you could interpret that to mean – they're still in, in, in the interview assessment phase of it as opposed to kind of finalizing details. Now, sometimes these things happen quickly. Sometimes interviews are, are done uh, for leverage for a certain side. Who knows? But uh, I still think this is going to be wrapped up this week. Like I said, if, if, if it's not wrapped up by the time this appears, this show uh, appears, then they're either waiting for someone still coaching or they've totally reset the search. Is this is this job as bad as bad as um, the fans are overreacting to? I know a lot of people are saying the Texans job is probably number one, Eagles job probably number two in terms of jobs you don't want. And then just to follow up on there, do you think a lot of these interviews they're conducting, you know, with uh, with Sirianni and uh, Dennis Allen's tomorrow, Todd Bowles, are they looking for more of a potential offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator role potentially? So I'll address the first question first, obviously. Um, I, I don't think the job is as bad as fans are saying. I think there are conditions with the roster that would make it undesirable or would make it relatively undesirable if you're comparing it to, to, to some of the other openings that were out there. But you, you really kind of need to think about what is a coach looking for when they take a job. Uh, if, 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 if the basis of it is cap space, draft picks, things of that nature, then clearly Jacksonville – like, for instance, is a more appealing job. If it's the young quarterback on a rookie contract, then the Chargers are a more appealing job. Um, but sometimes there are other conditions, right? Like uh, Jeffrey Lurie, for as much criticism as he might field, and a lot of it merited, he's he has earned a reputation in, in the NFL as a good owner, as a supportive owner, someone who pays his coaches, mm-hmm. pays his assistant coaches, right? There's an infrastructure – he supports the infrastructure – in place when when they hired Chip Kelly, they made a lot of changes to the facility to facilitate Chip Kelly. Um, you know, Jeffrey Lurie does that, right? Uh, it's an it's an it's it's an organization that has a winning history in that every head coach that Jeffrey Lurie has hired has made the playoffs. Um, there are a lot of owners who are hiring coaches for the third fourth time, and you know, Shad Khan down in Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you had uh, uh, Doug Marone made the playoff one time, but then Gus Bradley didn't make the playoffs before him. Well, uh, Jack Del Rio made the playoffs, so I, I guess that's not the greatest example. But well, you can use when you look at their dumpster fire. <laughs> well, I, I mean, some teams when they're drafting in the top ten every year, there's usually a reason for it, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it's usually it's suggestive of something that goes beyond the head coach. Uh, so organizationally, I, I I think this is one that's respected, but you are signing on to work with a general manager who while he is he and how he has discernible talent like let's let's not dismiss that but he has survived three coaching changes Mm -hmm. you don't often see that um Mm -hmm. and he 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 has like the steadfast support of ownership so you need to make sure you're rock solid with the gm in place a lot of these other openings you're coming in with the gm that's that's the first thing i'll say and then this this roster has issues there and i and i'd say major issues their best players are over 30. We can count the amount of foundational players. They have 25 and under on one hand. Uh, and the quarterback situation, it depends what you think about Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, right? So there are a lot of questions 
with this roster and they don't have a lot of cap flexibility either. So mm-hmm. if you're taking it for the roster, then this, this isn't a, a very appealing job. If you're looking at the organization, the market that you're entering, um, some of those other factors, then, uh, then it, it, it could be more appealing. And I'm sorry, what was the second part of the question? Just do you think some of these exploratory interviews with like a Sirianni or like a Dennis Allen, you think it's looking to see if they would maybe take a OCDC role? I know a lot of them are already not, doing yeah, OCDC. N- not those two, but maybe someone like, like, uh, uh, like uh, Mayo, Jared Mayo. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that could be that type of interview, but no, I mean, I, I mean, I think Sirianni, even though he's not calling plays with the Colts, um, that, that might be a better situation with, uh, being the OC in Indianapolis than what he has, than, than what he would be jumping into as an OC here, unless calling plays was the impetus. But, you know, even then, I, I don't think that's something you would discern during the interview because you don't want to force the staff necessarily on the next coach. And then Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen oversaw one of the top defenses in the NFL this year. I, I, I can't foresee him jumping ship to be the D coordinator here. Mm-hmm. Now you touched on it, the quarterback situation. Where do you sit on, like, if you, if you had to put your GM hat on this for this coming year. <laughs> I like year, this question. Yeah. What do you think is the right decision to make here? Because I think you're, 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 you're walking on eggshells in general. And it seems like there's definitely character questions with Carson Wentz. It seems like Hertz was pretty disappointed with how week 17 went maybe, but you know, that coaching regime is out. And then you have which guy do you really want to go with? Because Hertz had one impressive game and three kind of okay games. And then, I mean, Wentz was, let's all be fair, awful. So what are we going to, like, what do you think? What do you think you do with this quarterback position? It's, it's the trickiest question that this team has encountered in, in my nine years covering them. And the reality is I'm, I'm not necessarily sympathetic because, A, this is, this is what they're paid to do to make these types of decisions. And, and, and B, a, a lot of this was created by them. Exactly um, so right, yeah. Now, now, so you said for me to put my GM hat on, I, I would say this, if, if, if I'm having that conversation with, with my boss, if I'm the GM, and I'm sitting there with Jeffrey Lurie, I would say that if I had to bet on one of these quarterbacks becoming a top 16 quarterback, so top half of the league, I would go with Carson Wentz. A, he's been there before, okay? And I'm just, I'm just not totally sold yet on Jalen Hurts. Now, the, so I'm moving on from Carson Wentz if I, don't be- if I don't believe he can get back to that point. If I think he's, he's broken – beyond repair, then I'm trading him now and I'm eating that $31 million. Um, the other part of it is if you're not sure and a team like the Colts uh, or the Steelers are willing to give up a first-round pick for him, um, then you, you need to think about that just because the value of the pick and it kind of mm-hmm. washes your hands of it even if you're eating $31 million. That being said, uh, the, the biggest risk here is not holding on to Carson and him not being good the biggest risk here is trading Carson and him becoming what he was. Like right. if, if you had a franchise quarterback in your building on a long-term deal and he's 28 years old and uh, 28, 29. Yeah. Um, and you traded him then uh, that, and, and he goes on to be that player elsewhere that, that haunts you as an organization, right? Like you're the reason the Eagles moved mountains to get him is because they thought they wouldn't have to make this type of decision for a decade plus. Carson has a big role in the fact that he regressed, right? So they, they, they need to figure out how they're going to treat him in the organization, how the coach is, is going to work with him. But I think the fact that there was a coaching change suggests 
that Jeffrey Lurie wants to get this to work, and it behooves the Eagles, frankly, to fix it because mm -hmm. of the organizational investment they've already made. So my answer would, would, would be I would – I would bet on, on Carson over Hurts, but if someone's willing to pay the price for Carson, I would think hard about it. So let's play a little advocate to it. If, if the if decision – let's say it's McDaniels comes in and mm -hmm. says Carson Wentz is the guy and we're rolling with Carson Wentz and we're going to do everything we can to fix Carson Wentz. Yeah. Does that now put Jalen Hurts on a trade block? Like could you am see I, something am, like that happen? I would. If I was the GM, yes. Okay. If I was the GM and I could get a pick that's higher than – what they it's the 53rd pick in the draft late or 51st yeah. 51st 53rd i have my odd numbers mixed up um it's one of those two i believe but, 53 uh, i think you were right the first yeah, time okay yeah so if, if if they can get that for jalen hurts then uh then by all means um i would look into that because uh but the flip side is is from a cost perspective and from a talent perspective he's a very valuable backup right that's why they made the pick i just think there's so much there uh with with what happened this year there yeah. are dynamics in the in the locker room that you need to pay attention to and if if jalen hurts doesn't play next year right then um his his value even though he was inconsistent his value is probably higher now than it, it it would be at any point unless he stepped in and played um so i would if if you could take your second round pick last year and let's say you are I mentioned the Steelers earlier. So I, I don't know what the Steelers are picking, 20-something. And let's say the top four quarterbacks are off the board, right, and they, and they want a quarterback here. So you're, you're talking about Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, and Lance are off the board. And I don't know who – you know, let's say the Patriots didn't take a quarterback there, and they're sitting there, the Steelers, and they're looking at Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. Would you rather have Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, or Jalen Hurts? Uh, you can make the conversation that you'd, that you'd rather have Hurts. Now, I, I don't know which one the Steelers would prefer, but um, I think it's, it's, it's a worthwhile conversation to have to look at Jalen Hurts' asset value at this point. So the, the salary cap projections a little bit came out this, uh, to today um, that it might hover around 175, 180, which would put the Eagles anywhere from 40 to 47 million in the hole. Um, not as bad as we thought, still not easy and whatnot. Um, how do you think that affects the Eagles going forward? Um, is there anyone you think that we could potentially be parting ways with that has been on this team for a long time? Uh, yes. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of these older players won't be here. So you can start with Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, right? They're, they're not going to be back. Um, I, I don't think Malik Jackson's going to be back now. Both Jacksons were only here for two years. But Alshon's been here since 2017. I don't think Zach Ertz is going to be back. Now, Zach Ertz could be in a – that could happen in a trade as, as opposed to a, a cap casualty. But I, I don't see him being back. Um, Jason Kelsey, that will come from him. Like, he, I think he has a decision to make whether he wants to keep playing. The Eagles have a tough decision to make with Brandon Graham. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think Graham's going to be back, but I'm curious to see uh, what they do to his deal, if anything. Um, but but they're, they're going to have to open – open money. Now, now they, they, they know this is coming. Like they're not going to wake up on March 13th and, and be like, Oh wow, look what our cap situation is right now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're, they're, they're not going to be big spenders. And I, I think they're going to take it on the chin this year. When you heard Jeffrey Lurie talk about this being a transition year, when you talked about him saying retooling, uh, I think what, what that's saying is, is they, 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 they need to take their hits now. They need to take their lumps now. The only way they're going to have flexibility beyond 
this season. Like any degree of flexibility is is if they take it on their chin. So I I think that they take some of the cap burden this year with uh, some of those cuts, and they can't really replace them with big money players. And they just have to trust their drafting and developing, which frankly has not been good enough in recent years. You brought up Deshaun. I actually do have. I don't like to brag about this. I do have one source, and I've heard I have heard one thing that there's a contemplation of retirement. Have you heard anything like that okay. about Deshaun? I have not heard that specifically, but that's that's interesting. I mean, I I've yeah, I haven't heard that specifically. That's I was gonna say my source my source was right about Jalen Rager, but. That's just neither okay. here nor there. I'm just going to go. I, right. I don't want to tout my source here Listen, at all. Last Jack. time you were on the pod, Zach, yeah. I don't think we had sources. You know, we're big time no. now, so a couple sources. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that I got the call this time. I thought, <laughs> oh, you know, well, I mean. I thought you'd have Gonzo and, 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 and Colleen coming on. No, no, no. Oh, you're wow. always welcome back. You're you're probably – well, do you, do you – I don't know if you know this, but um, we used to do the beat-off, and that was who had the best question um, <laughs> of that press conference for that week yeah, heard are you yeah. uh, you you won a couple you were you were always top two um are i always miss, voted for you are you gonna miss the doug <laughs> peterson press conferences i, I like doug um I enjoy yeah but i mean they're always kind of like for lack of a better word a shit show yeah so well i mean this year made it difficult frankly um on all sides and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not complaining that's that's just the reality of it yeah. uh you know the 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 a it's the nature of the year, but but more specifically the uh, you know the fact that we're on Zoom, the fact that everyone only gets one question, that there's no flow to the press conferences. Yeah. Uh, I I I I think it's it's funny when you guys grade the questions. Um, I I do get like from a reporter's perspective, um, the fact that these are broadcasted and the questions are analyzed. Uh, my issue with that is sometimes it can become performative, right? Like, like wow. people can, can, and it shouldn't be that way. Like, like the object of asking the question is, is for the answer. It's not for the question. And for like the, the reporters need to always keep that in mind. But, um, but I think uh, if I, I look forward to the day when these press conferences can have more flow and, you know, you know, like if, I mean, there are times when one person asks, asks a question, then the next person gets gets called on in the Zoom setup, and you're not asking a follow up. You're just firing mm-hmm. away with with things you want to ask. And and so back uh, in the first few years, I I would always try to get an early question in the dug about injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Well, someone um, said but, you were someone said you were one of the favorites. He always looked towards you when you guys were in person. Yeah, but that's 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 where I sat. Um, yeah, I'm just that, saying. That, I, I don't think it was that I was a favorite. I I would always sit <laughs> on the first on the first seat on his, on his right. Um, every, every press conference, I would sit there. Uh, and I, it, like, like you can say there's a teacher's pet element to it, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you the honest truth. Um, I am, I'm short. I'm not tall. Uh, like I'm short. And, uh, and these chairs are built for um, like John Runyon. To sit yeah. There. Yeah. And so, but the closer, because the, the, it's, it's like stadium seating and the floor slope, and so the seats closest are the lowest to the ground. So if you're asking a coach like a difficult question, right, you, you can't do it with like your feet hanging off the end of the chair, right? Your, your feet actually need to be on yeah. the ground. So, uh, so I, I always want to make sure I'm in the front row for that reason. But, if, but anyways, uh, he would come in and he would kind of look over. And my first question typically on Wednesdays or Mondays, and uh, uh, not the Wednesday, but Monday and Friday would be about injuries. Uh, but this year, 
because everyone only gets one question, I'm not going to burn my question with injury. So right. I would, I would usually wait to raise my hand until after the first question, uh, just in, in the event that I was called on, I don't want to burn that question on injuries. There, so this year, there was a couple very memorable um, press conferences. And the one I want to talk about, and I'm sure you guys are going to have to help me put pieces together because I can't remember the exact line of questioning, but it was essentially the one where Rob Motti had to go back for a third time and say, wait, what are you saying? Was that the most um, just confusing, ridiculous um, – it was the Brett Favre comments, right? Yeah. But yeah. Was that just like one of the most absurd press conferences you've ever been a part of? No. No. Uh, I mean, there have been, there have been many more. I mean, that, that was a notable one this year. And probably, and, and again, because of the Zoom setup and, 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 and because like people are catching on to watching the press conferences, it got attention. But if, if you go back and you watch the press conference the Wednesday before the Rams game in 2018, uh, so when, when Carson got hurt, um, and he had the back injury and they weren't like, they were not saying anything. Uh, they were speaking so cryptically about this back injury. Uh, that, that was a very awkward one. There was kind of their um, fault, right? Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, so you could go back and, and, and listen okay. to that. Like Doug was saying that the injury evolved, but he wouldn't tell you when it started or <laughs> uh, it was, and uh, there was that, there was even the, uh, I mean, there was some during chip that had that, that were especially memorable. Were there um, any, when you cover the giants, did you cover the giants at one point? I, I did. I, I, yeah, there was, there was no, I, I mean, Coughlin's uh, personality was a little different, uh, but <laughs> I mean, after Deshaun's return, like the, the Matt Dodge press conferences, those Ooh. were yeah, yeah, that that was an interesting one. But but no, I mean that was ten years ago now. So uh, Andy's last year, there were some where you know you're you're just kind of waiting for this to end almost. And I I think he was probably in the same camp. But Chips press conferences took on a life of their own. Uh, so Chips were a little different. Were you in the room for what I think is the greatest Doug Peterson moment of all time was the premature explosion question? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was in the room for every Doug Peterson press conference except the one during his entire time here. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, I was, I was that there That is all-time audio. <laughs> How long did yeah. it take to reel everyone back in from that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a human moment from Doug, right? You know, yeah. like, uh, just bursting out in laughter. In there. Well, that was the but same one. one. It sounded like someone said he was having sex with somebody. Yeah. Like, that was another one this year. Yeah. Well, sorry for <laughs> sorry for dramatizing the uh, the beat the beat reporters uh, line of questioning. This no, year. it's no, no. Powerful. Look, no, it's it's look. I it, it's clearly caught on. I, I I imagine your listeners liked it. I I just do. I just want to make sure that, like, from a reporter perspective. You know, you're asking the question for the answer and not for the performative aspect of it. We'll make sure we put a disclaimer next time we do the Did this year kind of make you like, I, there's a ton of competition with amongst the beat reporters. Did this year kind of had to make you guys a little bit closer because you were kind of, it almost seemed like there was times where you were all kind of working together to make sure we got the story right by the end of the, of the press conference. Yeah. No, this was actually the, the exact opposite this year, right? Um, in a, in a normal year, you're around the other writers more than you're around your own family, right? Um, so, you know, because we all work in the same room, there's a media room, uh, we all travel, um, we're in the locker room together, we're at press conferences, practices, you know, so, and it's, it's six days a week, right? It's, you're, you're there every day except Saturday. Uh, so for 
those 20 plus weeks, uh, 22 weeks from training camp to the end of the regular season, you're, you're, you're with them more than you think you're with your family. So naturally you're very close. Like, like, you know, what's going on in each other's lives often. Um, this year, uh, there are people that you very rarely see, uh, when you see them, it's at a distance, you know, you're, you're not sitting at a table during games. I didn't travel this year. Uh, so, I, I understand what you mean uh, about kind of like the group effort of the press conferences. And there have been a few times when in the Slack messages, someone says, can, can, can you ask X, you know, like, 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 can you ask this question? But uh, I would say that in would you my ask that question, uh, sometimes, you know, okay. I, I mean, I mean I, I, there was one time when I got a text from another reporter saying, can you follow up with this? And I followed up with that question. Right. Huh. Um, and, and there have been times when, like I, I know Bo Wolf's working on a story. Bo and I are, are teammates, and uh, I don't know if Bo's going to be called upon that day, or he doesn't know if I'm going to be called upon. So we'll say, all right, one of us needs to ask ask this question in case the other person doesn't, just so we get this in for our story. How'd you sweeten the pot a little bit with the PR people? Did you ever, you know, scratch their back? You scratch theirs, or no, nothing. Yeah, no, nothing. <laughs> no, you just you just try to be professional, treat yeah. everyone the right way, and, and you hope that it's reciprocated. All right, so I think we got two left for you. You have a sponsored question now. We do have sponsors now, Zach. So, yes, we have come a long way. But the first one I asked, we alluded to it earlier. My wife is pregnant. I see you posting pictures of your beautiful family all the time. you have any advice for her? Oh, yeah. Not all Where? the time. I've seen Where? pictures Where? of you. I've seen pictures of you and your family. <laughs> Not on Twitter. I've never posted a picture of No, I've seen Twitter. a picture of you. Maybe I'm on – maybe it's Instagram. I don't know, Zach. I've seen okay. a picture. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do have two kids. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, do, you have, do you have, do you, well, call me out about my integrity here first, <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> does he have a family? He doesn't have a family. Yeah, do you? I mean, it's just, now, now we have, now we can write our own story about Zach Berman. Does he have a family or are they all, are they all models? Um, my question is, do you have any advice for a first time father? For a first time father? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, we can go hours for that. Like, okay. uh, what's your, like, like maybe maybe your best line of advice, like, Hey, my best line of advice hey, is or something like that. <laughs> no, I, I would say, uh, like this, this sounds cheesy, but, mm -hmm. but like in, in embrace the parts that suck, like in, enjoy mm -hmm. the parts that suck because it, it's fleeting. Right. And, and you know, the, it might be t like the, the diapers, the late nights, whatever it may be, trying, you know, the uh, not being able to communicate with the kid. But the first time, like, like it's, it's never like that again. It, well, I mean, I, I'm speaking like an expert. It, it, it wasn't <laughs> like that the second time uh, because, you know, you kind of know what to expect. The first time you have no idea. Like mm. anyone who, so, so, so that'd be one thing I would say. And then, and then the other thing is, is, is there are, what, 8 billion people in the world? I mean, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm butchering the word, you know, yeah. Uh, however many. Right. Um, but, uh, they were all babies at, at once and they, <laughs> like uh, uh, yeah. you know, and a lot, and, and a lot of these people had parents who are probably a lot less with it than you are. So, uh, <laughs> I love that. So you will figure it. Yeah. So you will figure it out. Like, you know, and, and, and I, I, I remember specifically having that conversation with, with my wife because, you know, it's, it's like, did we plan this? Did we plan that? You know, are they getting, are they eating enough? Are they sleeping enough? And I'm like, we'll figure it out. It'll be mm -hmm. okay. You know, so, cool. so that's what I, I'll, 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 I'll say is, is you'll be okay. Okay. You'll be okay. You I made like me that. feel better about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm gonna yeah, follow enjoy up. it, man. Yeah, enjoy I'm gonna it. follow up on it though. I mean, the Eagles are my favorite team. You're my favorite beat reporter. Will you be this guy's <laughs> Eagles godfather? You, you in on that? The internet godfather. Yeah, what are the responsibilities? No responsibilities. What are the? Re- I don't really There's think no it helps. No, okay. I don't think so. Yeah, I think you can just say yes, and now you have an Eagles godfather. Or you have to come on and, and check on the kid. You're the internet yeah. godfather. Okay. You got if it. if got I it. were to die in a hang gliding accident, you would have to make sure the kid remains an Eagles fan. That would be like the only responsibility. And it's only that particular death. And I don't think I'm going to go hand gliding anytime soon. All right. All right. I will agree to that. Okay. All right. I'll agree to that one. All right. We'll, this, we'll get you out with the last question. <laughs> Sponsored by Kenwood Beer. Kyle, go ahead and take it away. Have you ever had a Kenny? Kenwood Beer? I have not. I have not had a Kenwood Beer. No. All right. When you're in between articles, yeah. grab, a, grab a little 15-pack. They, they sell them in pounders now, too. 16 ounces. Okay, great. You drink great. 10 today. You drink 10 tomorrow. It's Kenwood Lager. <laughs> Original, you feel great. It's great. It's a refreshing light beer from great. Philadelphia. Delco guys. Delco that's guys. a good organic advertisement right there. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, Del- yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all around the uh, all around the state. So the last question I have for you: You were all over, all over Justin Jefferson, like before anybody. Like, I no, well not before I, anybody. No, I think well, no. We went no. back and checked the tapes. You were all over Justin Jefferson. Everything yeah. you said I, was right. Okay. Uh, who is going to be the coach? When this is all said and done, I'll still say Josh McDaniels, right? Okay. Like I'll I'll, right. I'll go with the betting favorite here. Right. So. Okay. I read that article that you guys talked about on Birds with Friends, and it actually convinced me I'm okay with Josh McDaniels. Thank you for listening to Birds with Friends. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. completely honest, uh, I didn't listen to it. I saw you retweet the article that you talked about oh, okay. with Birds with Friends. <laughs> exactly. I'll go back. I'll go back and listen to it. I'll go back and listen to it. No today. worries. No worries. I, I am I am a proud subscriber of Birds with Friends. You guys are in my repertoire. Thank you. So thank you so, very yeah, much. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I'm, very, you know, I'm always going to support Zach Berman and the boys at the Athletic. Thank you. Don't don't thank you. Don't get on that. All, All right. right. So Josh McDaniels. Yes, but I I don't say that with much conviction. Like I said earlier, I I I would have thought that. Uh, they'd be close to a deal by now. And the fact that there were additional interviews, uh, it it makes you stop and think. So I, I, I I don't know which direction they're going, but if I had to pick one, I would still say Josh McDaniels just based on the buzz that I'm hearing. And, and frankly, I I don't know if if, if that would be the right choice um, because Mm -hmm. there are legitimate questions there. And I think that if they go in that direction, um, so it's, it's very clearly, at least in my opinion, signaling that this is about fixing Carson, fixing the offense, uh, or, or fixing the offense, I should say, and, and, and not necessarily about some of these these bigger picture leadership questions. Um, although he, you know, I, I I would give someone a little more credit that you know that they're they're not going to coach the way they did when they're 32, when they're 44. Like if we if all three of us think sure. back 12 years ago, we probably did things or that with the benefit of perspective, we probably would do differently. Uh, we were like 16, yeah, probably would be. Yeah, that whole you guys credit 16? card debt theme. Yeah, no, no okay. I would. Uh, Ten, was it 10 years ago? I would have been 12. 19. 12, 19. Yeah. I'm 34, oh, so yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 22. So, I mean, you've had no, 29, so yeah. um, we're basically the same age. Well, right, listen, uh, <laughs> if it's uh, if it's Josh McDaniels, at least the beat-off will be really entertaining next year, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate the interest you guys showing it. I'm uh, Honestly, that's cool. You know, it's, We want, it's cool we you want a reality it. show. We want a reality show for NBC Sports to pick up. Yeah, I really want to actually <laughs> – I want to launch my documentary. I want to call it Behind the Beat, and I just want to, like, I want to do a beat report on you beat reporting for a year. Uh, please don't. Please. <laughs> <laughs> How Is many that just stay away on? from me? How I'm, many have you guys had on? Hughes uh, and Garrow, Dan Gallen, um, Tim McManus has been on. We're Am circling Kemsky. We're circling Jeff McLean. We'll have them on. Put in a good word for McLean yeah. if, you, if you talk yeah. to him, right? We've talked about Bo. We've talked about Shield. Like, we, we'll have yeah. them all on. 
I, I worked with Jeff for seven years. Oh, we, yeah. We talk very often. If you guys want him on, I, I will talk to Jeff for you guys. Beat oh, off champ. Do it. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he unfortunately he did take the title this year, but I, I, I would say you're the better favorite. Year. For next I respect year. that. Jeff yeah. had a great year. Jeff did have a good year. And then we, I, we are circling the drain on uh, Ruben Frank if this guy ever answers his phone okay. for us. But okay. yeah, we'll and let you. Of course, we want Bo. We'll have Shield Bo. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, well, Shield's national, so. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. uh, Oh, we have Adam, we had Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher, but they're not really beeps. They're more insiders. That's they said there was no, a distinction between the two of them. <laughs> What's the distinction? I don't know. I was at that point. I was like, well, if you, like, it's I, a matter of semantics, in my opinion, yeah. right? Like, I was gonna say that know, was like above the, my pay grade. Adam no, Kaplan I, wouldn't I, agree. I, I mean, I mean, they do good jobs, but you know. Uh, it's a matter of semantics. You know, uh, if, if you're a beat writer, you want to know what's going on inside the team. And if you're, if you're an insider, then you probably want to know what's going on day to day with the team too. Right. So it's a matter of yeah. semantics, I would imagine. Right. But, you but they both do a good job too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of I think, I, I think Adam Kaplan would disagree on the semantics side of it, but Hey, yeah. that's Kaplan. Okay. That's Kaplan. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was Zach Berman of the athletic Zach. I'll be putting the uh, underdogs in the mail waiting for that autograph copy. But again, thank you very much for coming on for your second time. Anytime. Thank you guys. All right, Kyle. So we are doing our playoff picks. You're in first place. You're going to read the standings. Read the standings where we at, where we're all at right now. I'm seven and three currently. Mm-hmm. You're four and six. And then John had an absolutely terrible week last week. Went zero for four. Uh, he's sitting at four and six though as well because uh, of his right very good week week uh, divisional round or wild card round week. Listen, you go 500 in a betting week. That's not bad. So I'll take last week. First week was an anomaly. That's all. You go seven and three. I should basically be in Vegas being a sharp. Will Musburger. No. No. Will, who's Will Musburger? There's another. Well, there's Will Muschamp. Is Will, is Will Musburger a made up person? I think I combined two people. Brent Musburger. Brett Musburger. There we go. Okay. You could be Brett Musburger. You could work for Vissen. Um, all right. So you are in first place. Essentially, Kyle has to lose out, and me and John can't lose. Um, to even have a shot. So it's really a battle for second place. Um, so and this gets nothing, right? We didn't even decide a punishment. No, there's no punishment for it. It's just more or less showing just you guys fun how with the bad boys? Of gamblers we are. Um, so here's the best part about this whole thing. I have, I have John's picks. So what I'm going to do, do I just fade John or do I actually take picks? That's, that's the real question. Just because you don't want to end up in last. I guess you got to kind of fade John, right? Well, I mean, we could have the same picks, and then it could come down to the Super Bowl. I could just go opposite of him. I like that. Yeah. It'd be a toilet bowl for the Super Bowl for, uh, against the spread. You do what your Pick gut says. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to look. All right, so let's start with – we're going to start with the first game. It's Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Green Bay is minus three. Uh, I believe you guys got, – we got a little bit earlier, about an hour ago, so it was at minus three and a half, so we're going to use the three and a half number is when we got it. Um, John picked Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Also, John has a little caveat because we pushed him. We asked him, does he think Tampa Bay covers or they win outright? He thinks he just covers. So he still likes Green Bay to win the game, but he will take Tampa Bay with the points. Kyle, who do you like? This is a big game in terms of like trends and then outside factors. Little Wayne gets pardoned. Huge Green Bay Packers fan. Just released. Why? Why? Well, he's, I think Where he's a Lakers. He from? He's from Louisiana. Okay, yeah. So this makes no sense. Who gives a shit about Lil Wayne? Come on. He just released green and yellow. Last time he released green and yellow, they won the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Um, Packers GM, who drafted Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately died today. So there's some external factors mm. going on right now. Mm. So never want to go GM. against the death. Remember, remember. I want to bring this up all the time, but remember when Colby died, I 
I texted you right away. I was like, I already put my bet in for the Lakers. Seven to one. Yeah, I took it right away. Yeah. And listen, you got to capitalize on the emotional sways of life and death. That's how mm-hmm. it works. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of emotion, but I think maybe, you know, Ted, do it for Ted. Do it for Ted Thompson. But, do it um, for Ted. I like the Packers in this one. They're in Lambeau. 10 and 4 since 2013 are home teams in the conference championship. The Bucs are 28th in rushing. They protect the QB very well, but they can't open holes. Yeah. The, and the Green Bay defense is oddly good. Yeah. And last time they had a great defense was 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. And the Tampa Bay defense is oddly good, too. And I just. So who did this? We're going to get caught in this whole thing where you're going to give analysis and never mm-hmm. give a pick. So I need you to give a pick. I said Packers minus three and a half. This time okay, I said it. I said it this okay. time. It wasn't me paying attention. So I actually. Here's, here's the really annoying thing, and I am actually am going to agree with John. I am not fading picks here. Uh, I'll take the Bucks plus three and a half because I'll take the three and a half. Um, I, I think everyone's national nightmare is going to come true, and Tom Brady's going to win a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay See, Buccaneers. I don't hate Tom Brady. I'm okay it's with not it. that I don't hate Tom Brady. I just had Tom Brady fatigue. I think it was I so cool. I just want something new. Why? I think it was like, so why? cool between Pat Mahomes, kind of like the next generation versus the guy who's kind of – the previous generation, I think either, whoever wins, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. It's going to be a shootout. Well, I mean, you have – all four teams are going to be good. Yeah. Any, all, any four teams that get in. Um, yeah, I guess I, – I feel like – here's the other thing. I want – I kind of want Rodgers to win us other Super Bowl because then we have to start having that conversation of where Rodgers sits in the top five because mm-hmm. he's not there yet. He doesn't have his multiples yet. I think the greatest thing is Tom Brady is the GOAT, but a lot of people think Aaron Rodgers is legitimately the best skilled quarterback of all time and uh, okay see Patrick Mahomes the jury's obviously yeah. out a lot <laughs> no, can happen it's but. not this guy doesn't get seriously hurt he's going to be the best quarterback to ever play the game that's what I'm he saying not win as much title many titles as Tom but just in terms of arm talent it's Patrick Mahomes it's not even close so yes so, I will be taking Tampa Bay plus three and a half though I want to make can sure I, can I sway you back the you last try I don't Bucks, so once I put my official pick out I don't switch it the Bucks are six game win streak the last six opponents, Falcons twice, the Vikings, Lions, Washington, Saints. Also, did you see that report today that um, – <laughs> Do you have nothing else to say besides? Yes, I just don't care about that take at all, to be honest with you. All did right, you fine. This one, hold on one second. Last okay. seven teams to play three straight road games, they're one and six against the spread. You like that one? No, because that one and three, that I always um, – it, it only the only time it applied was the Saints game with Jalen Hurts this year. They were That was their third straight road game. So, I don't think it applies in the playoffs. No, I three straight road does. games in the playoffs. Don't care. All right. Um, was, it, was it the Giants who did it last? Sure. I don't okay. have that much stats. I, I'm a trend guy, but not that many trends. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to need you to have some stats to back it up. Uh, although, did you see the report today? It was like Drew Brees' wife basically confirmed that Drew Brees was playing with a torn rotator cuff. Yeah, uh, well, obviously had the broken ribs, torn rotator cuff. She's doing, you know, she's carrying the water for him. She's doing the Giselle. Let me tell you right now, Tom Brady, if he wins, Fugazi Super Bowl. Beat, a, beat an injured quarterback. Sorry, taking it away from me, Tom. I actually don't hate Tom Brady. I'm, I'm a Michigan fan. It's pretty impossible to hate Tom Brady if you're a Michigan fan. So I'm just, I'm just sick of seeing him win. Um, all right, let's move on to the 640 AFC title game. Buffalo at Kansas City. Kansas City minus three right now. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did practice yesterday. Full He's playing. He's going to play. Yeah. It's the NFL. I mean, Roger Goodell's like, listen, I know there's these class action lawsuits, but like, just fucking get him out yeah. there. Um, they could pay for those with all the money they're going to make from this conference championship game and then a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes in it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will take another Super Bowl over Bill in a walk, right? Like, I would, mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. So I'm going to try and find John's pick. John likes the Chiefs minus three. Kyle, who do you like? 
Chiefs haven't covered since November 1st. I don't think it matters. I like the – I haven't heard this narrative, the revenge game for being the 2010 scapegoat, Sean McDermott versus Andy Reid. Remember, Sean McDermott had a terrible 2010. Jim Johnson dies in the offseason. He has to take over the yeah. defensive coordinator yeah, role. Yeah, I remember and that. And then he gets fired at the end of the season. Todd Bowles took over. Really? I didn't even know Todd yeah, Bowles I think, was an Eagles I think coach. That, I think that was the Todd Bowles takeover, I think. Yeah. But anyway, I, uh, I, I, that narrative isn't being pushed a lot. There have okay. been one-on-one. One. <laughs> I don't know if it's a real narrative. <laughs> yeah, I like that narrative. He's a scapegoat narrative. Um, revenge game. So I like Chiefs minus three, though. I mean – there's no chance Mahomes doesn't play. They're the best offense in, in the uh, in the NFL. I just I could see this being a cakewalk, honestly. You know what? I'm also going to take the Chiefs minus three. Um, so I did wind up taking the same exact picks as Barchard. So Barchard, I'll see you in the Super Bowl, buddy. Um, here's one thing that's really bothering me about this whole Chiefs situation is how in the world have they not lost a coach in the last two years? Like seriously, how is like, Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a head coaching job? Spagnola's back. Kafka's still there. Like, how has how has no one been like with all the openings? How has no one stolen one from from them? Like, I, I don't think it would really matter because they lost Nagy and they lost Doug Peterson, and they just kind of keep on trucking. But seriously, you're gonna if th- this team has a legitimate chance to win back to back Super Bowls, how are you not stealing somebody? I don't care if Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well. Put him in a locker room and see how he does. Like, I would take a shot on Eric Bieniemy tomorrow. I mean, we just took a 39-year-old coach who's never... Well, yeah, and we talk about it at the front of the pod, but, like, I would take a shot on Eric Bieniemy tomorrow because I don't know if we'll touch on that at the front of the pod because we're going to record the front of the pod after we do this part of the pod. Um, he's got a pretty checkered past. Okay, yeah, but, like, he got, he got arrested in college. Like, who cares? I don't, I'm, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm just trying to maybe be it's the, just, the devil's I, advocate this territory because I don't know. I, I don't know how like no how, one has scooped these guys up. How Kafka hasn't even gotten to look for like an offensive coordinator position. You know what I mean? Like, you, you would just think, like, someone would try and steal one of the two. Because, yeah, sure, they're not Andy Reid, but if there's a little bit in there that like, has rubbed off on these two guys over, first of all, a Super Bowl win, and now Andy Reid seems like, one, he knows how to, like, go for it on fourth down and manage the clock, you would think, like, maybe we'll steal, like, this new improved Andy Reid, who's always been a great coach, but now has kind of really found his groove. And I'm sure a lot of this is masked by the quarterback, but at the same time, I don't understand how neither – listen, I didn't want Mike Kafka. I said I didn't want Mike Kafka. And it's and I will explain my whole Eagles take of why I didn't want Mike Kafka. It's the same reason why it was going to be very hard for me to get excited about any coach. But I would have been excited with Eric Bieniemy because I just I just feel like there's – I feel like Andy Reid talks so highly of him. And this much time with him in that offense, I mean, it has to have rubbed off on him, right? Andy Reid has – an insanely, insanely better coaching tree than Bill Belichick. Anybody. And, well, yeah, you know, and anyone, a, too. Yeah, Maybe I mean, Chuck Nolan. No, Chuck Nolan. Um, who's the guy with West Coast offense back in? Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh, yeah. Bill yeah. Walsh is probably the only other guy. Mike Holmgren has a pretty crazy coaching tree, too, which Andy Reid did come from. So And John Gruden. So, technically, Andy Reid's coaching tree is Mike Holmgren's coaching tree. Yeah, it's like a, fa- it's like a family tree. You really think about it. But, okay, so – uh, if Kyle wins one more, he basically takes the title. So it's me and John in the toilet bowl next week for second place. It's all that matters. It's going to be like the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl. Fourth place, fourth place, even though there's only three of us. Um, probably should have included PJ just to make that work. But, hey, sorry, Peach. Um, Gallivanting around North Carolina for yeah. <laughs> – He's – no one's more committed to not paying attention to the pandemic than PJ, our producer. So, <laughs> all right. Um, you got anything else for this one? No, that's the podcast. We we touched on it in the beginning, but thanks for everybody who's been there with us. Uh, pod mm-hmm. pod's not going to change. 
um, you know, we're just getting to another network. We're getting more eyeballs, more listenership, and it only, you know, means, you know, technically more money. So it only is good things for you guys. So yeah, it actually, and it doesn't mean more money in our pocket. It probably means more money to improve the product. Oh, uh, Kyle yes. and I are putting, we, we do put the product <laughs> first. So don't think we're just here to make a ton of money because the fact of the matter is we're not going to be making a ton of money for probably a few more years. So if everything stays the same and Kyle doesn't, you know, get too big of a head and go try and be like the next, like, I don't know, Adam it's, Lesko or something be like, it's, oh, it's, it's a little a, basketball. It's a big head. I have a yeah. huge head. Yeah, it's true. Um, but outside of that, yeah, really, thank you. And we, I, again, we talked about it at the top of the podcast, so we don't want to like harp on it, but we really do want to say thank you and thank you to Crossing Broad. And hey, NFL, welcome Nick Sirianni. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. This rap is my mother's of game. What you heard is what you hearing. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. X go give it to you. What? Wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock knock. Open up the door. It's real. It's a non-stop pop out and stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make the mother uh, wonder if you get it. Damn right, and I do it again. Yeah, I am right, so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I break who you sending me. You motherfucker never wanna know but your life saved. That's on a light day, I'm getting down. Like it said, freeze. But won't be the one ending up on his knees. Please, the only thing you can't steal is came out to play. Stay out my way, mother. First we gonna rock, then we gonna fall, then we let it pop. Don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. First we gonna rock, then we gonna fall, then we let it pop. Don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. He ain't never gave nothing to me. Every time I turn around, cats got their hands out, one some from it. I ain't got it, so you can't get it. Let's leave it at that, cause I ain't quit it. Hit it with full strength. I'm a jail, so I face the world like a girl in the bullpen. You against me, me against you. Whatever, whenever you gon' do, I'm a wolf and she's clothing. Only that you know, you can chill. Come back and get the streets open. I've been doing this for 19 years. Wanna fight me? Fight these kids. I put in work and it's all for the kids. But these cats done forgot what work is. They don't know who we be looking, but they don't know who they see. First we gonna rock, then we gonna fall, then we let it pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. First we gonna rock, then we gonna fall, then we let it pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. For too long, what? don't give up. You're too strong. Love to the wild, wild hunters. Yeah. Shout out to that done it. And it ain't even about the dough. It's about getting uh, down. What uh, you stand for, yo? For real. We gonna rock. Do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? Don't let it go. Come on. X gon' give it to ya. Uh, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya. Uh, he gon' give it to ya. Uh, we gonna rock. Do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? Don't let it go.
to you. 